shall ever sleep. I'm going home to see my mother. Howdy y'all, welcome to the Purple Glacier. I'm here with AJ and Tristan. What's good? It's AJ. What's good in the hoodie? I'm gonna make him an offer. He can't refuse. I'm Tristan. Thanks for having me. It's Liddy like a kitty. During this podcast, we'll be going over the short story, The Boundary by Jehupa Lahiri. During the story, it starts with the vacation family coming into the to the vacation home that is being overseen by the housekeeper. And during this week of that they're there, the family goes to the beach. They go to the sta- town, and while all while the housekeeper is just watching over them. The housekeeper, as the teen, is um, watching the family and noticing things, and she uh, begins to establish a relationship with the family and especially the mom who uh at one point in the story was sitting on a lawn chair and the teen thought she was reading but she was actually writing about the teen and they were building a relationship the narrator in the story uh explains the family and what they do not during the story not only do we learn about the vacation family but we also learn about the narrator's family about what they've gone through and what kind of like social position they are in and what kind of social position the fa- the vacation family is in yeah the the narrator's family was um in a situation and really dictated their lifestyle and they had to move out of the country um because of the situation and they were stereotyped and it um dictated their overall image Yeah, so um, we're going to be talking about the, you know, obviously tire on the stories on a deeper level. But up front, uh, personally, I just thought it was a very bland story. There wasn't much to it. It was very straightforward. Uh, it's one of those stories where it doesn't have a plot. It's more of a deeper level thinking um, themed story. Um, Tristan, what do you have to say about the summary, in your opinion? Yeah, so the author grew up in Europe. Uh, and even though she didn't base the story off a specific setting, she did that on purpose for the reader to interpret wherever it should be. And all my ones who've gone uh, what boundaries does the title refer to? I believe that the boundaries may refer to the limitations that each of the families have. The vacationing family may have less limitations than the family looking after the house and taking care of the house, and the girl, uh, the teen, is limited. She has more limitations or boundaries because of her social economic status and her situation. Uh, the, the, and then the family vacationing, whereas they are not very limited at all. I think the title Boundaries refers to the boundaries people have in life, just like the girl the narrator has on others. I tend to agree with both of you because the boundaries are like the class system or where they are in life. Like the narrator's family, they don't have enough money and they never got to leave even though they wanted to do because they never got enough money. But the vacations family, they're able to go wherever they want and they don't really have the boundaries because they have the money. I'm only going over Jordan. 
Moving on to the second question, Lahiri stated in an interview, no story is the whole story. How is this quote represented in the short story? So what I think she means is um, there's always more to the story before and after the story of what we were told as the audience. Just like there's the saying, there are two sides to every story. It's the same, same idea. No story is a whole story. There's always more to it that the audience doesn't know. And from both point of views or multiple point of views, there's always more aspects to the and levels to the perspectives of uh, each person involved. I feel that's especially true, especially in a short story, because they, they want it to be short. They can't just cram all the details of this entire life, life that these people have lived. They want it to fit down in like 10 or so pages. But if they wanted to do like an autobiography, it'd be like 100 or something pages, and they can't do that. That's a good point. There's always more. But I believe that it can mean that the author wants the reader to depict the rest of what's happening. The author also could imply, um, when she was writing the story, that there is more to it. We, as the audience, didn't read every aspect. So after reading the story, we could interpret our own view on what the family could have been going through um, in our own minds and what we think is going on um, because the author didn't give us everything we can decipher for ourselves what is with the story and what can go with the story before um, it was told and what happens after it and we can see it from multiple views yeah i feel like uh there's the author can either write very little and the author or the reader has to depict what's happening in the story or the author can write very little and have the reader be like yeah, that happened, but you don't need to know about it because it just doesn't affect what's happening in the story. Okay, that's enough of my questions. Do you guys have any questions that you want to ask about the story? Yeah, I have a question, Tyler. Um, so I have a question. How did the past of the narrator's family dictate their lives now and how they were represented in, the, in society? That's a good question. Um... I feel like in the past, so the, the narrator's father got beaten up at a flower shop and now he can't really talk. And so that's probably changed his life a lot. And now he can't really work and get enough money and they can't leave because they can't get enough money to leave. And they're also being kicked out of town because of all like the racism of where they were living. Yeah, they when he was injured, he couldn't handle the city and for a year he couldn't speak and it was hard for him to function in um, the city with a lot of people and a lot of things going on. So they moved out in the countryside and I think that's pretty that has that's their whole image right now is they're out there um, pretty solitaire and they are trying to get through the, the life because trying to get through their, their time of that life or their point in that time of, of their lives because it was such a big, big thing that hit them with the injury and all that. Uh, so if the vacation family were poor, it could have affected their vacation. But in this case, they were rich and they seemed to get bored. Yeah, uh, so the, the vacation family brought a piece of cake from the same plaza that the dad got beat up in. And when he saw that, he got so mad, but he couldn't show it to the vacation family. So he went outside and smoked a cigarette. But that just shows he's not really over what happened back then. And he still wants to get out because he still has hard feelings about what happened there. 
And um, to go with the stereotypicalness, a lot of people, the narrator said that people in the city was stereotyping them as um, foreigners and immigrants because they couldn't, they weren't um, as capable as um, people who have lived there for a long time and had more money. And they were looked at as lower um, on the scale of society. And so that played a big role in their, in their image. Uh, do you guys have any, any more final thoughts for the book before we move on? Uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, the text, it wasn't, though the story wasn't very, it wasn't very emotional and it wasn't very, uh, intriguing for me. It was just kind of, it was very straightforward. It, I definitely, it went out of 10. I'd probably give it about a, uh, about a, maybe a two or a one. Um, but that's just me. The themes were what made the story, um, interesting after reading it you had to think about it but during the story it was the way it was written was just very straightforward and there wasn't any feel there the author wasn't going for that but that's just the you know what my 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 thoughts on on the story was so i do agree with that it seemed very boring and straightforward um yeah on a rating out of 10 i don't know about two or one but probably a three or a four because it did have very good themes, but it was very, very bland and boring while we were reading it. I agree with what you said. It seems very boring and straightforward, but it was on purpose so we could focus on the deeper themes and the meanings embedded in the story. Uh, overall, I would give it a three. Out of 10? Yeah. I am a I'm traveling through this world of war. I feel like that's enough big brain power for today. Do you guys got anything you want to talk about specifically? Uh, let's talk about movies. Who do you guys think is going to win the Oscars Best Picture this year? Best Picture? I believe there are nine... Oscars for Best Picture. Ten is the max. I believe there are nine. Let's see what we got here. We got um, we got Joker. We've got Parasite. We got 1917. The Irishman. I think we've got Little Women. Ford vs. Ferrari. Uh, we got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we got Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story. My guy Adam Driver, Scott Johansson, Laura Dern, Ray Liotta. Who do you think is going to win, AJ? So personally, I think it's going to come down between 1917 Ford versus Ferrari, Parasite, uh, or Marriage Story. Um, I don't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to win it. Little Women, not so much. Joker is going to win a lot of Oscars, but for Best Picture, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. And uh, what about you, bro? What do you think? Uh, I I saw Joker. I haven't seen 1917 yet, but I really want to see it. And I do want to also see the Ford versus Ferrari, and I think it's going to come down to those three. 1917, Ford versus Ferrari, or the Joker. Yeah, so 1917 was one of the most cinematic movies in history. In my opinion, it it has the most, um, the, the production and everything involved with it, gave it that elevation that it, uh, that it had um, to win best uh, Oscar. But the, also people are talking about Parasite on Twitter and on uh, YouTube. People like Parasite, the foreign film where it was talked in um, Chinese or J- Japanese or Korean, whatever it was. Um, Tristan, what do you think, bro? What do you think? I say 1917 will win. Uh, Lance in the movie did a very good job. Um, 
There were lots of explosions, and it was great filmmaking. Yeah, the other movie I have on my radar is Marriage Story. It's a smaller scale movie, but the the way that it was, the script and everything was just amazing. Got Scott Johansson and Adam Driver going back and forth. And it tells a story of a marriage and uh, how it's going through that is in a, is in a very good way. Noah come, uh, Comeback is, uh, or Bombback is a very good director. He told that story in a good way. Okay, I think, it, I think that's all the time we got. You guys got any final words? You gonna sign off? Yeah, you wanna sign off, Tristan, my guy? We out. What's good in the hoodie? We out. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Pretty successful first first one. Let's get it, boys. We thank, out. Thank you for uh, listening to Purple Glacier episode one. Next week, we'll be back talking about another short story and more movies. Let's get it. Peace. Peace. Yo, welcome back to Purple Glacier. My name is Tristan, and I'm the host of episode two. Today we'll be going in-depth about an awesome short story, Coming Home Again, by Ching Ray Lee. Yo, 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 what's good, Tristan? Thank you for having me back on the show. Happy to be here. I'm ready to talk about this short story. How do you like me now? Howdy, y'all. It's Tyler. Thanks for having me on the podcast again, Pastrami.